Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live in the place where you can find us in the unknown. The unknown of what's going to come out of our mouths. The unknown of what information are we going to give you to make you a better author. That's what we're here for. Hi, Chelsea. Hello. I feel like we're already going off script, and I'm really... (laughs) Did we have a script? I feel like we try, you know? Like, we try to be those adults that are like, okay, we're doing this. This is great. Here's our plan. We review the plan. We go off the plan, so we throw the plan away. Like, I feel like that's, that's our script. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's definitely it. But we are going to get better at that too. Well, maybe we'll figure that out if we want to or not. I think, I think it brings a little bit of humor to the show. It makes it feel more live instead of very dry, like many, 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 uh, journalistic episodes that are out there on in the internet. But speaking of journalism, I, I, I think there's something that goes with that, that, you know, we, we need to talk about, especially when it comes to books in general and the goals that we always look at, you know, and certain different techniques and stuff like that. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about, actually, the three things that we are going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about journalizing, journalizing. (laughs) New words. They're like genres. They just keep coming. I can't even say the word. Journaling. Journaling. Thank you. And how it is a great technique, especially for those who are trying to work with memoirs or trying to use their life as an experience to present within their books. The other thing that we're going to be talking about is a new concept that even Chelsea has never heard of, and it is the Nielsen book scan. And I think this is a lot something that every author needs to, to know about because everybody's always trying to be that bestseller. I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list, the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, the indie uh, bestseller list, all these, uh, there's like six of them, I think. And with that, there are certain things you have to understand because if your main goal is just to be a bestseller, 
you're going to really harm yourself more than you're going to help yourself mentally. And then the other thing that we are going to talk about, Chelsea, what was that third thing we were going to talk about? We're going to discover the different types that people classify themselves in when they are writing a memoir or a book in general, whether you're a pantser, a plotter, if you're a little bit of both, or if you're a little bit similar to me, where you're the chaos writer slash planner slash we don't have a plan. Plus, we threw the plan out about 15 minutes ago. So far gone. So far gone. Uh, if you love this type of content, please go to our website, beyondthepinpodcast.com. That way you can look at our blogs of all the information that me and Chelsea have put out there for you all to uh, discover and help yourselves with, while also learning some tips and tricks from the authors and the experts within the publishing world that we have interviewed so far. So why don't we get started? How about that? So first things first, what are we talking about? The first is journaling. So I think there's a couple different ways we do this, right? So Mac was talking about from a memoir standpoint that you want to write down maybe the emotions you're feeling for that particular part of your book, but journaling or writing down different ideas, I feel, especially as like a fantasy author, uh, is important for all genres whether it's a two second clip that you thought of or a one liner or maybe a little blurb that may or may not go into this book, but maybe plays into a next one, writing down all those ideas, whether or not, you know, where it's going to go, I think is one of the most valuable things an author can do or a writer or a journalist or literally anybody. It's the same thing. I think that artists do when you're drawing, right? You have a little idea of what you're going to do, maybe a different design for something. You sketch it really quick. You come back to it. And I think it's one of the, aspects that maybe gets overlooked and underappreciated that people think you need a complete idea before you write anything down. And to me, I, I don't think that's right at all because who knows, just because you start it one way, doesn't mean that's the way that it's going to finish. If you come up with a cool concept, but you don't have this story, maybe it'll play in your book later down the road, or maybe it'll start an entirely different series altogether. Yeah, if you, if you look at Chelsea's uh, folder of ideas, you will have a hemorrhage within like three seconds. Because it's not great. It, it's not that it's not great. It's just there's a lot there. Yes. There's a whole lot there. And if you look at my folders, too, of all the stories that I have in my brain, because I have not put all of them down yet, uh, we would have a total the whole system would just co collapse. I think right now, just thinking about it, I almost went into a blue screen moment. Um, that's the reason why the um came out there. There is a point when we're dealing with these emotions, again, as an actor, as someone who's a storyteller as well, there is a same sense of knowing the difference between, oh, what I think it would feel like compared to what it actually felt like. And yeah. that's the great thing about having these memories written down or these feelings written down. We've had some great authors on here that have done the same thing. I know that when we had a discussion with Kelly Vincent, one of the things that she was doing is that she was taking something from her childhood and she was creating this young adult book based off of what she was feeling at that time. And they're very real. All these feelings are very real and they're even easier to dictate or to write down depending on how you write your stories 
when you have that information right then and there, there's something that I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm working with an older woman who's in her 80s. She's actually 80. Uh, great Slovakian woman. She's my Slovakian grandmother. You're, there's a variety pack. When we, when we bring in these mothers that we have, you know, I love my mother. My mother is very traditional. Uh, she adopted me when I was six. And she didn't have to, but she did. Some days I wonder why, but she did. But I thank her for it. I do. But also, I have this little Savlakian uh, mother who is just crazy when it comes to all these memories of this life. Because she actually lived, when she was 10 years old, with Helen Keller back in 1954. Now, for those who don't know who Helen Keller is, do your research. Go to school. <laughs> Go back to school. Right now. Right now. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) Now, uh, for those who don't know who Helen Keller is, Helen Keller was a a blind, deaf, mute. She was someone who learned to live just like a normal life. As she got older, she had someone actually take care of her. In fact, I think it was the state of Connecticut was literally taking care of all her bills. She was meeting all of these important people back in the 1950s, 1940s. I mean, she was, she was a celebrity of the day. And to have that insight of someone who is, you know, 10 years old living with this woman for a year while her mother was a cook in the house. I mean, it's like, what kind of a story is there? And there were a lot. But when we started this process of her writing this book, we started to notice that her writing was very, very short on every story. It was like, okay, I'm just going to give you the summarized version of the story. And so right now I'm like sitting with her as her coach, basically, and just saying, okay, let's think about it as if you were describing this to someone who was blind and wanted to live that life again, wanted to see what you were seeing, how would you describe that to them? And so when she started to think about it more and we started to get deeper into the feelings of that moment with those memories, it went from a summarized like three to four sentences to entire pages of just that specific memory. And I think it helps with writer's block. You know, sometimes when you start going through, I I know Terry Pratchett is super famous for saying, aside from having an amazing series, for saying that that uh, writer's book block is something that Hollywood came up with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, but it's one of those things where I think the only reason why people get writer's block is because you're putting too much pressure on yourself. And like, you're like, okay, I have to do this. I have to finish this part. And, and so then you clam up almost. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, when when I am working on a new idea or I'm, I'm branching out in into my series, going back through some of those random one-liners or those random ideas, it pulls you out of what you're writing right then and it puts you somewhere else, which kind of eliminates that pressure. It gets rid of that kind of block that you have found yourself in and allows you to take a different creative stance. So even if you're just doing it to get an idea off your chest or venting about your day or whatever it is, it has so many different uses that I feel like not everybody has fully embraced yet because everybody wants to be this perfect author, this perfect writer, this perfect whatever. Like, go off script, guys. There's nothing wrong with going off script. We do it all the time, and it's great. It makes it so much more interesting when you you have a sense of 
knowing where you want to go, but enjoying the journey as you're going along. Because no plotter is, and we'll get into this real quick too, no plotter is 100% plot. They are not 100% plotter. I don't know. I have seen some. I I was meeting, you know, we were at uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh and we met a a lot of other authors there and we were going through. And this lady pulled out a 15-page outline of her book. And I was like, what the hell is that? And she's like, oh, this is my outline for for my my next book. And I'm like, are you sure that's just an outline and not like the first chapter or two? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, no. So all I have to do is throw this outline into another document and then I fill in the blanks. And I'm like, that is so hard. That is so complicated. First of all, I never stick to anything I'm supposed to write ever. To go through that much work, how whoever is a plotter, I don't know how you're not stressed to the max all the time. Like, all the time. Like, I was going through her outline, and I totally tripped her out. Fun little Chelsea side story. We were going through, and she was talking about her process and all of these things. And so I'm going through, and she had one. And it's literally chapter one. Here are the five things that are going to happen. Fun little tidbits, like maybe it's a, a quote or whatever it is. I think it was chapter four or five. She had a spot that was a glaring hole to me. Like I read through and I was like, this doesn't make sense. And she like stopped explaining her entire book. And she was like, excuse me. And I was like, well, you, you have your character right here who is currently on a train. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, why are they on a plane being held hostage right, right here? And she's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not what happened. And I was like, no, it is like, you, you were going through, you have this four pages of, you know, building up this whole scene on a train and all of a sudden she gets taken, she gets knocked out or whatever. And she wakes up in, in a plane. I'm like, how did you, how do you expect a reader to follow you from a train to a plane? And she's like, no, that's not possible. And I'm like, but, but it is. And she completely glitched out. Like she didn't know. I'm like, all you have to do is trade that word plane for train. Yeah. Like that's all you have to do and it'll fix it. And she's like, no, 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 this, this isn't right. This is, and I'm like, no, 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 seriously. All you have to do, because you're not talking about jumping on top of a plane or like flying on the wing. Like you're just talking about like an actual, like automotive, like just change plane to train. And she's like, no, 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 that's wrong. I have to start this over. This is completely. And she freaked out. I was like, God, like, I was like, have a great day. And like, I walked off. Because like, what am I supposed to do in that moment? Like she was self-destructing. And I was like, I can't be held responsible for this. Chelsea had nothing to do with this. I'm just going to walk down to this side of the booth because that's how big of a plotter she was. Like it was down to certain word usage. And I was like, that is so, like she literally self-destructed. That can't be natural. I wonder what would have happened if you put automobile in there as well. I stopped. Like I stopped all I thought I was being helpful because in my mind, all you had to do literally to fix the entire thing, change the word plane <laughs> to the word train. That's it. That's all you had to do. Yeah. And she was just complete meltdown. Like the like her story no longer made sense. And I'm like, no, literally, same amount of letters, like, you got this. And she was like, No, 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 that's that's that can't be. I worked so hard at this. How did this and I'm just like calm down yeah. and she could and I was just like okay Chelsea's not good in this situation I am not good with emotion in general so when people have that over ex- like 
display of it. I don't know what to do. So I do the weird like Shona thing where I'm just like, they're there. And I slowly back away because I, I can't do it. And again, this is how it is with everybody is that sense that there is something that when you are so strict to your, your stories and to your plots and to details, there's always going to be something that changes. And that's Mm -hmm. why I love it as a plotter, not as a strict plotter. (laughs) (laughs) I could not do that. I I would like, you're you're the one who does kind of an outline, but lets it fly. Isn't that what it is? I let the outline do what an outline does. An outline gives you a sense of structure, but it doesn't mean it's the structure. It doesn't mean it's concrete. Because 90% of the stories that I have written or that I've told have changed depending on how I feel about it as I'm writing. Stories are like an actual, to me at least, they're like a living, breathing thing. Yeah. You are creating these worlds, these peoples, these cultures, everything. It's an actual breathing thing. So obviously, just like all living things, it's going to change depending on how you do things. And an idea changes. Like I went through, uh, when I first got published uh, for, the, for the Heart Realm, they tried to get me to sit down and do an outline of how I wanted this realm to go. Mm-hmm. And it took me probably, I don't know, five weeks because I can't, like, it was so incomprehensible to me to figure out exactly what was going to happen in every book. Like, how was I supposed to know that? Which I know is ironic because I'm writing it. But like, at the same time, it was, it's so hard to figure out, how do I know that something's not going to change? How do I know I'm not going to start telling the story and realize it doesn't work? So I went through and I recently found the picture of how the heart realm was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, guys, it went off script halfway through book two. It went completely off the rails. I don't, I can't even pinpoint the moment it went off script. I just, I found it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. Like, let me go through this. And if I like, it's, you know, denial about a third to a half of anger. And then I don't even know where those other ideas went. I have no idea. And I think that's why, I could never do the whole starting at chapter one and going through, which I actually did one time as a vet would never do it again. <laughs> um, it was absolutely agonizing for me to just have to tell like a linear story. Oh, it made me so uncomfortable, but it's those people. And that's when I think we need to appreciate the different types of authors and the different types of writers. And no matter what you do is because everybody, even if you are a pantser or a plotter or a mix, or you're a little bit of chaos, even your chaos is different. Even your plotting is different. Your everything is different. And I think that, especially in today's world, I don't know if you've noticed, Mac, a lot of the authors that we've talked to lately are very similar. Yeah. Like they feel like they need to hit the same goals. They need to do the exact same things instead of personalizing their writing journey to themselves. They're constantly comparing themselves to everybody else. And you can't win that way. No, you can't. And, and again, when depending on what type of writer you are. If you haven't figured it out yet, Panter is someone who just lets it go, who has a few ideas and then just runs with that. And if it changes, okay, then they just change with it. And a plotter is someone who actually has a specific detailed outline of what they want to do and how they want to do it. I've heard it. Every chapter. Every chapter. Every chapter. Bonkers. I've heard a couple of other phrases. I've heard like spotlighter, uh, someone who actually just 
lead you specific to what they want you to see, like you're in a car yes. and whatever your headlight hits, that's what, what you're seeing. I've heard mm -hmm. of a gardener, which is someone who literally just, it, it's another version of a plotter, is a gardener. Okay. Uh, okay. And, That's say. Yeah. And then a uh, architect is a plotter because every okay. little detail matters to every little thing that has been said or movement or interaction, whatever the case may be, everything is specific. And I think your woman was a architect. That's it straight was up architect. So stressful for me. <laughs> like everybody, so we we were in our booth. We do the pop up bookshop. So I have a bunch of authors running. Boom, people I am helping, like actively helping. Like Chelsea's here to save the day. And then this lady comes up, and she starts self destructing. And of course, every single person is looking at me, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I didn't do all. I it was it was not. And like I'm trying to explain myself, but as I'm trying to explain myself, this woman is still like it, her self destruction is getting bigger to the point that like her her husband or wh whoever he is, he comes over and he's like, "Honey, it's okay. You heard what she said. It's literally one word." Like you you must have been getting ready for like you know because they flew in yeah. they were another vendor that was there and so he's like you probably it wasn't and she's like no but it's messed up and he's like it's it's not and so like she's just slowly like escalating and i'm not even <laughs> kidding i slowly moved away down the booth it was like hey why don't you guys go see what those people down there need like yeah. because and it wasn't, i wasn't directing them to them but there were other people down there that were looking at all of the the other great series that we had and everything and i was just like and so my husband is just like, what did you do? And I was like, for the record, she asked my opinion. I gave it to her and it wasn't as bad as it looks. And he's like, well, it looks pretty bad. I feel like you should go apologize. And I'm like, apologize for what? I didn't do anything. Like, I was just like, hey, you need to change this one word. And he's like, yeah, but I think you just sent her spiraling into an existential crisis. Like, For the record, if you ever asked Chelsea, for her opinion on what you're writing, understand that there will possibly be a side effect of you going into an existential crisis. And, you and please do not cry. I'm not good with tears. Like I can't do it. Like, and it's not even like, I'm going to, I'm going to cry with you or I'm going to be like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. I'm going to be like, okay, well, when, when you figure that out, you let me know. Yeah. And like, I'll come back. Like, I can't, I'm not good with, and I never realized it until Corey had said something when he was like, you are really bad with emotions. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, as soon as somebody gets with you're super, super happy, super sad, angry, whatever it is, like, I just shut down. Like, I apparently cannot physically deal with it. So I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, see you later and bail. And I never realized it until he pointed it out. And I'm like, I wonder how many people have experienced that with me and think I'm like rude or something. But apparently I just can't mentally deal with it. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when, when we look at emotions and un try to understand them that we all just run as far away as possible. I don't know because I know some people that love to help guide you through it. And they're like those, I don't know if anybody's ever watched Psych, like with Sean and Gus. Okay, so you know how Gus is like a super sympathy, like yeah. crier yeah. and like everything. I do have a friend like that where like she'll go and if somebody starts crying, like I'll look over and she'll be tearing up. I'm like, you don't even know why they're crying. Like, what are you doing? How do you know they didn't just get arrested for murder? Like, why are you commiserating with them? And like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm apparently the opposite. I balance the scales of the universe. New title. 
I have. New subject. <laughs> let's, let's teach Kelsey something. So what is this new discovery you have made? I, I can't say it's a new discovery, but for me and her, it is a new discovery. And hopefully for those who are listening to this, you'll learn something new too. So there is actually, for those who are trying to look to get your name on the bestsellers list by either the, you know, the New York Times, USA Today, um, the Indie, I can't remember, Indie something list, uh, New York Times, Amazon. Amazon's the easiest one out of all of them. That's the easiest oh, list. Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. Comparatively. Fun, comparatively. Fun fact, you can buy your spot on New York bestsellers list. You can buy your spot in the U.S. today. You All you have to do is be willing to spend a couple grand. Right. But, well, not copy. I'm talking 10 to 20,000 grand, but you can buy that spot. Well, I mean, comparatively, to, and that's true, yeah. I, I will give you that. But comparatively to if you were not putting your stuff on Amazon, you're just putting it in the bookstores. It's one of the, it's comparatively easier to put your stuff on Amazon. And over time, it finally get them to a list comparative to what the New York times says, because the two New York times, and it actually says this okay. says that it is, they're picking books based on what they think are important books, not based on the actual selling. They actually admit this in an article. Ooh. This is the New York Times. Oh, yeah. The New York Times is totally. Why do you think celebrities go and they hit at mm -hmm. the top every single time? Right. Like, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't because it's not based on book sales. Now, if no. you're trying to get your stuff based on book sales onto one of these major lists, then you have to look at what is called the Nielsen Book Scan. And this Nielsen Book Scan is actually based off of points of sale data from book sales. Oh, and it's owned by the NPD group in the United States and the Nielsen company, AKA the Nielsen book scan. It is data that is given to book publishers in the industry to show how much you have actually sold. Okay, so this is a question. Uh, you're saying every publisher gets this. Every publisher has access to this information. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got you, Mac. I get where you're going. Yes. I get where you're going. So, okay. So what basically <laughs> what's saying is is that when you're looking at these book sales on these uh, bestsellers lists, none of them go by this book scan because here's the thing they they do okay let me retract that a little bit they do but they don't they have specific numbers from specific bookstores that they have partnered with so if one of their major partners is you know barnes and noble okay well guess what they're going to get all their information from barnes and noble um we'll go with another major company we'll go with um what's another big bookstore. It starts buying some number. You got books a million. Books a million. Okay. They'll go to books a million. Say, all right, what is the top 10 list of nonfiction or fiction? And they'll mm -hmm. compile those names based off of what they're receiving from the book scans and then give it to them. And then 
it's been seen and it's been shown that a lot of these books that are on these lists, because they get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Oh, yeah. Even Publishers Weekly does the same thing. They get all of that. But you can also buy a spot on that. Right. I think it's like 300 bucks. 300 bucks or something. It's, it's not expensive at all, yeah. but it's okay. We'll have to do another talk we'll about this later, time. guys. Yeah. Yes. But what we're saying is, is that according to whoever looks at this list of compiled numbers, we'll say, hmm, I didn't really like that one. So we're not going to put that one on there because I'm the one that's working on the list or a group of five people are, are actually voting on this. Now, obviously, there, we'll get into discussion later on with uh, our next guest, uh, Lauren Erickson, because she is one that's actually done her. Uh, she's done some work with this. She is a strategist and she looks at a lot of information to help her clients to actually get where they want to be. So look for that one on Thursday. That one's going to be great for you to, to hear and listen to and actually enjoy because she's also wrote a book and it's a memoir of what she was like, or excuse me, what it was like to work as a housekeeper at the, one of the biggest parks ever, Yellowstone for like a, I think for three months and which in itself, I think would be kind of cool. Absolutely not. Do you know what happens when something happens there? Are you out of your mind to flee? <laughs> like to be able to leave? No. See, and everybody always says I'm crazy because like we live in Florida on the beach. So like I get it. But you know what Chelsea does? Chelsea doesn't wait around like some of these crazy people. If they say a hurricane's coming, I'm already in freaking Canada. Like I don't mess around with that stuff. Nature is not nice. No. Well, yeah, nature can be fickle. Why do you think it's called Mother Nature? <laughs> depending on what Mother feels like that day is depending on what exactly. you're going to get. <laughs> and we are the children pissing her off. Every and like, single day. I'm not going to be near her, <laughs> her angry spots. No, not happening. No, definitely not. But again, so what do you think about this list? What do you think about this now that you know about it? So it's it's really hard because it's actually very common. I didn't realize there was the Nel Nelson book scam, which actually I thought initially you were saying scam, which made a lot more sense to me. Um, but it's one of those things where it's, if you are going to be an author or you are an author, your goal should not be to be on the New York Times bestsellers list. It should not be. And if you get on one of those, that is great. Mm -hmm. It, Own it's it. fun. Own it's it. cool. Yes. Right. It's a, right. Exactly. But at the end of the day, a fun little secret I'm going to tell you is you can buy those spots. You can go in. It's the same thing with Publishers Weekly. You can go on and they, you can pay for these reviews, which I know we have a show coming up all about those types mm. of things. And it, as somebody in that writing community, it, when I see those things, same thing with awards, there are certain awards you will learn very quickly. You can pay for it. Mm -hmm. You'll get that awesome steal your seal on your book and maybe people will buy it maybe they won't but it discredits you within your own society yeah and it makes it seem like you don't have enough faith in yourself that's true so it's it's kind of true i don't know how i feel about that because at the end of the day everything is all about people's opinions right so let's say i go and i make somebody super mad like let's let's say the girl that i gave existential crisis to last weekend 
just so happened to be on that panel and you know denial is on that list and she's like nope can't do it so even though i should be Mm-hmm. I'm not because I gave a woman an existential crisis. Like that doesn't seem fair. To me. <laughs> That's besides the point. That's besides the point. Exactly. That's for your therapist to deal with. Um, yeah, it's rough because it's both exciting because I want to see what the different regions say, the different stores say, but as a reader, I'm never going to actually see those things. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's kind of tricky. I don't know. We'll have to see in the future, Matt. Well, here's the other thing that some of the, and uh, there's there's an actual article out about this by Scribe um, that I was looking at. Uh, huh? I love Scribe. Oh, yeah. Scribe is one of the best when it comes to this. So one of the trade-offs, and they have a list of this, too. I won't go into it, but I'll give you a couple of things that they said of the trade-offs of, be, of going for the bestseller list. One of them was there's no guarantee you get a publishing deal with it. If this is your goal, it does not mean that you're going to get a publishing deal. You know, your book will take at least 18 months to publish in itself. Depending on your publisher, obviously. You no longer own your book. That is very true. And that's something that a lot of authors don't think about. Once you get a manuscript to somebody, that's it. It's not your It's single. not even just your book. It's your characters. Yeah. It's your, you need, if you get a contract, you need to read those things, guys. Like it's, you're going to sound like it's this great thing. You lose rights to your characters. You lose rights to your world, to any animals, religions, cultures, anything that you put down and they publish is not your property. Your pen name is not your property. Nope. And, and that's one of the things, especially when, uh, when the TV and movie deals come into play, if you're ever so lucky to do that, you sign all those rights away. You, yes, you make unless money. You have a good, unless you have a good lawyer. Unless you have a good lawyer. Yes. Make very, sure that you put the lawyer. money into the lawyer. Definitely. Yeah. But those are some of the other things that they said. You know, you do all this work just to sell it. That's literally what you do. And here's the other thing that you have to understand is that there was a scandal a long time ago. I think it was like in 1993 or something like that um, with the, with uh, William Blatty. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Okay. William Blatty is the author who wrote the book, The Exorcist. Okay. So what happened was that he sold and according to the the Nielsen book scan, back in and this was again the data is a lot older than it is, but uh, he sold ten million copies and, and it became a famous book and everything. It sold more than enough copies to be high on the list for a long time, but initially it did not appear on the bestsellers. And nine times out of ten, those bestsellers. Guys, they don't end up in the big stores. They don't. Like, you can go to your local Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, Dollar General, look at every single book title they have there. I guarantee you at the top, it says New York bestseller, US Today bestseller. And those books are not going to be in print anywhere else. And fun little tidbit, you cannot just get your book into a bookstore. No. A lot of that is a lie, guys. Most of the time, if you do manage to get them in, it's on consignment, which means you are paying for it. You are... You have to pay to get your book in there. Then you're getting maybe 30% of that sale. It's really not worth it. Publishers, the big five publishers, 
have deals with those big stores yeah. to get those books in there. So do not be discouraged if your book is not in an actual bookstore. And, and think of it this way. What she said, you're like, you're paying, you're paying to basically rent space on a shelf every month or mm -hmm. annually or however long you guys come up with the, the time frame for you and the bookstore owner to actually have your book on there. Now, if it's not selling, they have the right to take it off the shelf. Yes. They have the actual right to do so according to the, the contracts that you will have to sign with them. Yeah, but that'll be something that we talk about in the future. Exactly. We have all kinds of fun shows with oh, all yeah. of this free information. Oh, so yeah. you have to like and subscribe, otherwise you're going to miss all of our wonderful advice. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of times you're going to enjoy the rants that come along with it too because, you know, uh, yes. we, we have fun with that. We're, we're not... <laughs> <laughs> that was not scheduled. That was my dog. <laughs> That was, see what I mean? We're, we're a mixture of plotters and panters because you never know what's going to happen on this show, <laughs> especially when our dog is involved. So until next time, folks, keep writing, keep shining, keep sharing, keep doing all these things to get your stories out there and unleash your creativity. <laughs> Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen. <laughs>